0: To Let's Talk TV, True Detective, Season 3, Episode 3, The Big Never. Couple of large themes overshadowing uh, this episode. But we pick up finally kind of getting to see what 1990 Roland is up to. And 1990 Roland has made Lieutenant. And, you know, this episode really starts tapping in to, to him and his progression, which, you know, so far it's been a a one-man show with Roland and Amelia kind of, of you know, being caught in, in Wayne's orbit. But in this episode, we kind of uh, progress on both of their characters a little bit. We open up, like I said, Roland is made lieutenant. He's done well for himself with Arkansas uh, State Police, and it's his turn to kind of talk with the the investigators who are wanting to reopen this case, and they're kind of uh, picking picking his brain and trying to kind of grade what, uh, or I guess the what level of work, what level of work that that Wayne did in 1980. But we pick up again in our time travel of 2015, picking up where we left off in episode two, which was uh, we had we had Wayne's episode where he you know. Forgot where he was, was disoriented, standing in front of the the Purcell house. But here we have uh, the the son basically taking him to the doctor, recognizing how sick he is and that he needs some help. To which we really start seeing some blowback from uh, from the dad and some real defensiveness from 2015 Wayne as as he kind of senses uh, the the walls kind of closing in on him and his medical condition.
1: The rest of dinner at my place. Remember me driving you home? Yeah. Heather drove you home. And we playing gotcha. Mr. Hayes, your son loves you. The only concern is for your well-being. I know my son loves me, doctor. But thanks for walking me through that. I can understand your frustration with the disease. A disease, you can't even say what it is. We can say what it almost certainly is. I told him. He tried putting me in the home. I off myself.
0: So you see the frustrations and the betrayal of trust between the the son and father. You know, you hear Wayne saying, oh, we're playing gotcha now because his son kind of set him up to look bad, to look like his memory is fading worse than he's letting on as as he gets tricked when his son asked if he remembers him driving him home, to which he says, yes, of course, only to be told, well, actually, no, a, a woman drove you home. Someone else drove you home. Ends it with him saying, look, if you try to put me in a hospital, if you try to put me anywhere else, if you take me out of my home, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. So the decision's yours, but just know I'm going to kill myself. As we weave back into 1990 with Roland uh, talking about Wayne, he says, look, Wayne is a good man. He's a good cop, and he made some big breaks in this case, including him knowing that the Purcell kids were lying. Uh, that they weren't necessarily on the up and up when uh, you know telling their story of hanging out with the the neighbors kids they weren't necessarily doing everything they said they were doing uh, they were lying and and Wayne knew that and Wayne's memory is fine Wayne's memory is better than mine you know he's he's kind of defending his partner he's talking about how sharp he is and how good of a cop he is and and again defending his honor to the people who are you know trying to discredit him a little bit He even goes as far to say hey i tried to get wayne transferred here twice to work with me but i got blocked doesn't really say why the 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 people in you know interrogating or trying to get this case reopened uh, kind of tell roland hey let's stick to the point and roland says no that i, I am that that was me trying to make a point son that was me making a point. I don't know, you know, exactly what he's trying to get at other than he just has a lot of respect for the work Wayne did and basically trying to show that he he tried to or basically he he's trying to show that he has a lot of respect for him and that Wayne is a good cop. Maybe we'll find something else out in terms of oh, maybe there's other reasons why Wayne didn't get transferred there. But we find out, we find out that the the Purcell kids are lying. They never hung out with their neighbor, Ronnie. They were living a little bit of a secret life. And, you know, that's one of the themes from this show is, is the parent-child relationship. You know, you see it in 2015. You see it in 2015 with, with Wayne and his son. His son trying to obviously get him medical help. And he feels a little bit betrayed by his son. And in 19... 80, you have these Purcell kids lying to their parents like basically saying, look you can't we, we, we can't keep an eye on you when you're lying. There's uh, some conflict there. And of course 1990 later on in the episode you'll see that, that Wayne's having trouble with his kids in, in that time period too. But we find out the Purcell kids are lying that they haven't been hanging out with the the neighborhood boy they've been seeing uh, someone else. They've been seeing someone else and Roland and Wayne, try to go to the the Purcell's parents' house to find some more clues, go through some stuff. And this scene, I don't know if something is a, you know, this scene is either going to be a really good uh, playbook or I guess a really good, I guess laying the groundwork for what's to come with the mother and her occupation and her former company but as wayne is going through the house again looking at the kid's stuff you see in the mirror the mom uh, spying on wayne creepily it, it gave you like a horror movie vibe as she's just kind of standing in the background out of focus hanging over him seeing what he finds seeing what he's looking at until he looks back at her and then she she scurries away she scurries away uh Roland is Roland is in the the girl's room and he finds a a Hoyt Foods bag, a map, and dolls and notes. Just really weird, creepy notes. You know, with I don't know if we're supposed to take that as adult handwriting or not. I mean, it looks like adult handwriting. Of uh, you know, some of the notes included: "I'm always here. Don't listen. I'll always keep you safe." So we're, we're progressing on the there was a creep potentially hanging out uh, and, and targeting these kids for a, a long time or at least a, a couple of weeks. And the Hoyt bag uh, comes from Hoyt Foods where the mom used to work. So now there's a connection to someone in their life who, you know, had some type of knowledge of them or has some type of relation to them. And you have that that Hoyt bag connecting the family to maybe a family friend or somebody, or somebody of the sorts. So one of the main themes was parents and their kids and those relationships. And another big theme that's really laid on heavy in this episode is the the obsession, the obsession that uh, takes over and consumes the people that were involved in this, you know, in this disappearance, this murder, and in this case and in 1990 you have Wayne and Amelia basically on a stakeout or sitting outside of the Walgreens where Julius Prince turned up and you know he kind of voices his frustration and talks about how he can't wait for this case to be over and there's a really telling scene as it, as it, as you're looking at the strains of this relationship as you know, they're sitting there talking, and they're not really doing anything other than just sitting there worried about this case. And, you know, Amelia's talking about, let's just go have sex. Let's go get drunk and have sex. And uh, he's like, hey, yeah, that'd be great. And as they're trying to kind of come up with a plan on how to, to further, I guess, uh, this 1990 investigation about, you know, Julie being alive.
1: You with the book these last years,
0: I feel like I'm tired of this thing being in our lives.
1: Like when we met. I mean, Saturday night, your mom's got the kids. It's about this thing sitting between us.
2: So what do you want to do? I don't know. There was a motel back there. You could just drink and have sex all night.
1: Oh, that'd be great. So far they have a on the some in the main area.
0: Oh, yeah, it'd be nice to go get drunk and have sex, but how about that case? I mean, that was a really painful transition, as she suggests that, you know, about going to the motel, and he he acts like it's not a realistic option for them because they have to sit outside this Walgreens. Now, ultimately, uh, you are kind of led to believe that they are going to go pull off to go to go do it, but it's obvious that this this case has overtaken overtaken their lives. We then get to, you know, Wayne taking his kids around Walmart and he's shopping, he's having to fulfill some of those duties as Amelia who is still doing I don't want to say police work cuz she's not a, you know, police officer but she's doing uh, investigative work. She's trying to finish this book and help, you know, kind of in this case and uh, you know, working from from that angle of hey, I need more stuff for my book. So he's you know, she, she's planning on going to talk to cops to try to, you know, flirt with them to to get more information. And she does as she goes in there with some knowledge of the case. And they ask, well, how do you know this? And she's like, oh, my ex-husband, notice ex-husband, uh, is you know, was a cop that worked this case. You know, I always had a thing for cops. You know, really flirtatious. And you know that leads to the you know one of the guys saying he's about to get off. Let's go have dinner and drinks and talk about it. To which, yeah, that was her plan. That's what she's gonna uh, take him up on to try to use that as a way to, to to kind of stay in the know on the latest updates of Julie Purcell. Meanwhile, Wayne again is at Walmart, having to kind of fulfill some of those uh, I guess domestic duties of of walking around, trying to take care of the kids, trying to shop a- as he's trying to buy the. You know, buy a toilet paper. You know, he's freaking out about his kids, saying, hey, you know, kind of stay, stick around. He's, uh, you know, stay with me. Stay with me. You could tell the the frustration and the, the paranoia as he's talking about how big the store is. And then, of course, his daughter, Rebecca, uh, wanders off during the store, to which you have a really, really panicked wayne. Listen to me. I'm a cop. State police. Lock down the store now. I'll make an announcement. Give me the mic.
1: Sir, I don't think that you— Give me the mic! Hey! where were you
0: i don't know they were giving out chips in one place and i stopped to eat some, and yeah we're gone god damn
1: it you can't do that you hear me don't fucking do that rebecca
0: (laughs) so far we don't know much about wayne's relationship with rebecca we just know that it's estranged and you know when you see a scene like this and the way he yells at her and the way she cries you kind of wonder, like, is, does this play something uh, into their relationship moving forward? Because, obviously, Wayne has been really shook by the the Purcell kids' disappearance 10 years ago, but he's still haunted by that. And, you know, the similarities of the situation, an older son, a younger daughter, he basically has, at this age, what the Purcell kids were. So it's a little bit ironic that, at least we're laying the groundwork, that that his relationship with his daughter... Ultimately, ends up in him losing his daughter, just like Tom Purcell did. Except Julie wasn't even kidnapped or you know maybe murdered. She was just ran off, and her and her father ultimately lost touch and don't have a good relationship. It leads to it leads to the the real blow up, the real blow up uh, that that later happens when Amelia gets home and Amelia's happy that she's made some some progress with this case and wayne of course is frustrated angry about what's happened on his walmart trip and and him yelling at his daughter and almost losing his daughter and there's just a real real clash here once she gets home from her her dinner and drinks with a police officer
2: are you drunk no i i had a drink at dinner this detective took me out to eat
1: oh terrific
2: No, actually, I got a lot of info from him. Listen, her fingerprints were found just on the shelves in the cosmetics aisle. Looks like she was probably a customer. They have the prior week's surveillance footage. I think they're gonna let me take a look at it.
1: I didn't get any of the shit you want at
2: Walmart. Okay. Did something happen? Are the kids all right?
1: Your kids are fine.
2: Are you all right?
1: I'm all right. But one thing, one favor, not come bouncing in here half in the bag all giddy about this shit. Can you do that? Can you summon a mental resolve to shut up about this shit with me?
2: If you feel this way, you don't have to talk to me like that. You could just tell me.
1: You've been told. Why don't you go check on your kids since you haven't seen them all day? They're supposed to be in bed.
2: Fuck off. I'm with them five times the amount you are for a job that treats you like shit.
1: I don't really feel like trading curses. I said my piece. I'm
2: not going to stop, Wayne.
0: Some more irony. As, you know, in this episode we see, and, you know, through the first two episodes, we've seen how this case in 1980 was the opening and the beginning of their relationship. Them swapping, swapping clues and him asking her favors at school. And them, you know, in this episode they're walking on the trail you know, walking through the National Park looking for clues when he asked her to dinner. This case brought them together in 1980, and a decade later, 1990, this case is tearing them apart. It's ruining their relationship. It's leading to her, in his eyes, not being a mother to his to his kids. You know, you heard the, let's go, go check on your kids since you ain't seen them all day. And it's also led to a little bit of of resentment in her, you know, coming in happy at making a break in the case. She's she's happy to to still be working on this case. Meanwhile, he's tormented of its you know by its memory and by it being reopened and and the wound uh, being you know dug at again. Then you also hear a little shot in there about how how you know basically he's stuck at a dead end job that they don't respect him at. Just a whole lot to unpack there, you know, just from that from that one minute clip but i just you know just the same as his daughter him protecting him overbearing i wonder if that's what's ultimately led them apart same here with with wayne and amelia Uh, just in 10 years this case you know brought them together they got married but ten years into it, you see, like it's just it's between this and the parking lot episode, where the parking lot situation in this episode, where she's basically begging him to to go and you know be passionate with her. Now you see the anger kind of boiling up as he's been sitting home all day and having to do father duties while she's still been investigating the case. Obsession, obsession over this case, uh, is ruining everyone's lives involved with it. But for as much as his personal life has fallen apart in this episode, seemingly. Uh, 1980, 1980 Wayne is on fire in terms of, of working this case. He goes back to the woods, uh, finds dice and toys in the woods and a bloody rock, which, I mean, unfortunately looks to be the murder scene for for Will. So they go and they interview the, the owner of the house nearby to try to see if they can find some clues from there. And, you know, you, you have kind of a... A shocking revelation when they're talking to him.
3: I already talked to your people. Man came here the next day. What man? Was he police? Sheriffs? Man in a suit. Showed me a badge. Asked me about those missing kids, if I'd seen anything. Can you describe them? Normal guy, white, suit. Showed me a badge. What'd you tell him? Did you see anything? I told him i seen those kids four, two or three times come down my road into the woods. Couple of afternoons I seen him. You see anybody else? Yeah, I told him I seen a car out here a couple times. Nice one, brown, man and woman. Uh, but but it wasn't the same day. What they look like, the man and woman? Like y'all, black and white. Man was negro. I couldn't see faces.
0: Couple of revelations here. Uh, we have heard the first about this nice brown car with a black man and a white woman driving in it. But maybe the biggest part is that someone has already been there in a white a, a white man in a suit to investigate and ask questions. We don't know who that would be. We don't know who that would be. This is you know immediately followed by 2015. Uh, snippet where the director is questioning Wayne on how he feels the cops did with their thoroughness of this investigation to to which we find out that this nice brown car with a black and white man or a black man and a white woman has never been uh, I guess has never been included in in the findings by the cops it's not in the case and you know Wayne obviously not that sharp of a memory uh, doesn't remember it but obviously we have just seen that okay we he was told about this and for one reason or the other it hasn't made it you know into the case file years later we go back to 1980 with Woodard the the native american vietnam vet he is surrounded by a gang of mad dads who basically believe he is the number 1 suspect he is the number one suspect in the you know in what's going on with these kids. They said, "Hey, you've been hanging around our kids Our kids say you're always over there. Basically, stay away from them." And they beat the hell out of him. They beat the hell out of him to which he immediately rushes home and gets a bag. Now, here the bag. They're trying to kind of make it seem as if there's a body in the bag. And maybe if we hadn't already found the boy or we didn't know that the girl was alive, maybe this would be more effective. Or maybe he's hiding something else. To me, it seems my initial reaction watching this is that Woodard has got a bag full of guns. He's got a bag full of guns, and he is not going to take this beating at the hands of these these dads lying down. That, that's my initial reaction. We'll see what happens moving forward. But you know, the there there are no unaccounted bodies right now. So I don't think he's just got a body hanging in a duffel bag, despite them trying to, despite them trying to kind of um, make us think that. The strong episode of 1990, Roland continues as he goes to see Tom Purcell, of course the dad, and we learn that uh, Tom already knows about the the, the fingerprints. And basically, he's he's got hope. He, he feels good. He says, "You don't know what this feels like." Basically, it's. It's some relief, but also kind of reopening the wound uh, of this situation. But we find out that he's five years sober. The mom died two years ago after, you know, they brought her back from Vegas. I don't know if that means that she was living in Las Vegas or that she was uh, on a bender in Las Vegas and died. Uh, But we know that the mom is now dead for one reason or the other. And Roland and Tom have had an ongoing relationship. Have had an ongoing relationship between nineteen eighty and nineteen ninety. Things apparently got pretty dark for Tom in the mid eighties, and Roland helped pull him out of it. And Tom has now found spirituality and asked Roland to, pray, uh, you know, pray with him. To pray with him. Then we get to a really weird, creepy scene of two thousand fifteen Wayne going over the case with himself in his recorder trying to remember and document everything he's learned in the day so he doesn't forget it and he's got a gun kind of sitting there on the on the table with him as a a ghost of amelia joins
2: him you starting to see them clearly and at the end of all things are you awakening to what you withheld did you confuse reacting with feeling did you mistake compulsion for freedom?
1: Please, I'm not like, like this.
2: And even so, did you harden your heart against what loved you most?
1: I like this. I like this.
2: Oh, sweetheart. Did you think you could just go on and never once have to look back?
1: Please, dear. I don't deserve this. I... Whatever's happening, I I, I don't don't deserve
2: this. No, you don't. But it's happening anyway. I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) Where is it? How much do I have to lose?
2: Everything. Same as everybody else. You're worried what they'll find. What you left in the woods? Finish
0: it. Creepy and opens up some possibilities. Like we now know that that Wayne, uh, something has happened. Something has been left in the woods. I don't know what it is. I, I have seen some some Reddit theories going on that uh, that Amelia might be the killer in the sense that it helped kind of launch her her career. That sounds far-fetched, but this is uh, creepy. And her telling him to finish it, I don't know what that means. It leaves it open-ended. It it does seem more so like there there at least is now the potential that this investigation, at the very least, has been really botched by Wayne, or at least that he's held something uh, secret. He's held something secret for a long time that maybe would have helped progress this or maybe would have have at least at the very least kept the person that was convicted uh, from being convicted. Why do I have to lose everything? Or what do I have to lose, I think he asked. And she replies, everything, just like everybody else. You know, obviously the parents have lost kids. Uh, Does Amelia lose everything? Does she lose her her life over this? Is this... uh, we'll see I guess it was really creepy though really creepy and the episode ends at the end with even more chilling stuff like the this episode three had a new director. it was not the same director as the first two episodes and I think it I think it uh, I think it showed now the first two episodes were good people liked them. the third episode's a lot slower. it's more pre- picking up breadcrumbs but it's more chilling to me and i know the first episode was pretty bad as with the kids being abducted and finding the dead body and all this but like between the mother being in the mirror and uh, this ghost and now you get the picture of will parcell uh, for communion with the same exact pose as he had when he he died so now it's kind of driving home that there is somebody there is somebody that has known the family that is involved in this like this is someone close to them between the 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 bag with the the food company that she worked at between that and the picture like they're pretty much showing that this is this is somebody uh, close to the family episode ends with a a rekindling of friendship between Roland and Wayne and it's met with a little bit of I guess addressing the elephant in the room uh, which is uh, maybe Wayne is is mad that his career isn't at the same place as Roland's is I don't know he opens it up though with like you know talking about how oh, did you get this did you get this through uh, you know the color of your skin or through merit
1: new task force I'm in charge good for you Terry See? That promotion for merit? Why well, did it come with the pigmentation? Well, I think unlike some others, I lacked a big fucking mouth. Hell, with affirmative action, you could have been my boss by now. Guess if I've been clumsy enough to get shot. I'll be playing golf most days, calling old buddies like I'm doing them a favor.
0: Guess she had a few before I her got here. A couple of things here. The I don't know if it's a joking I don't know if it's a joking barb or not about the 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 racism or I guess the the difference and skin tone uh, as he kind of accuses him of getting the promotion for that. Uh, you know, Roland does fire back. Well, you know, with affirmative action, that whole thing, you could have been my boss. And then we learn that Roland got shot, which maybe uh, helps lead to his his you know fast track of promotion maybe this has something to do with this case. I don't think so, but maybe. Maybe it is kind of uh, talking about a future future shootout. We'll see. We'll see. But they agree to work together. He's going to go work for him as they reopen this case in 1990. And that's where episode three ends. So we had a little bit of darkness with Wayne being uh, visited by a ghost, haunting him about what he left in the woods. And then we get these two agreeing to work together as they reopen the case in 1990. We'll see where episode four goes. I'll try to get up episode four's episode on Monday, if possible. Apologies for the day delay. Patreon.com slash Ranch. If you want to talk about TV with me. If you just want to show some appreciation and show that you uh you support the movement, that would be appreciated. Patreon.com/slash Reads Ranch. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review only if it's five stars. Just don't waste our time if it's going to be four or lower. Talk to you guys soon.